What is up, everyone? Welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick Delatore, and today I have a very special friend with me uh, here on the show, Amanda Vernon, the one and only. She is a speaker, author, musician, and does all three beautifully and wonderfully. Uh, and uh, just she's we've become friends over the years, and I'm just super excited to have her on the show. She's doing a lot of great stuff. Amanda, Thank welcome. You. Great to be back. It's awesome to see your family and to see this awesome new studio. I've seen it like online. Oh, but to see it in real life is it's a different I'm, thing. I'm it's a different thing altogether. Yeah, the lights that just <laughs> JP two back there shaving. I know. Like. Yeah, yeah. He he comes here to do that actually. Still, <laughs> uh, apparently we grow beards in heaven. Um, so, anyways, we're going to be talking today about all the cool stuff Amanda does: her music, her writing, her her speaking. We're going to be talking about uh, divine providence is the topic that Amanda has selected, and uh, I'm super super excited to talk about that because. Um, from what she was sharing with me before we started recording the show, it's super relevant in my life, uh, mm -hmm. and it is likely also a relevant topic of concern in your life. Um, <laughs> and all of that is coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Awakened Catholic Show, everyone. This is not your grandmother's Catholic talk show, unless she's a really, really, really cool grandmother. Uh, before we dive into today's topic, I uh, just want to let you know that if you want to support the making of this show, then you should check out the community of saints with a lowercase s. That is the patron community for the Awakened Catholic Show. And you can learn more about that by visiting theawakencatholicshow.com. And you get all kinds of perks and benefits by joining the community of saints with a lowercase s, such as a daily scripture, reflex, uh, blah, 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 daily scripture reflection and <laughs> prayer time, uh, which, you know, with me is generally also a little bit fun. Uh, so check out theawakencatholicshow.com and join the community of saints with a lowercase s today. And I think you can join for as cheaply as like three bucks a month. It's, it's super, super low key. You won't even feel it. You won't even feel it. <laughs> Just avoid like one little Starbucks, like the grande or whatever they call the small one. Um, anyways, Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nick. Um, I'm, I'm so stoked. And, and the other thing I should have mentioned at the intro is that you're going to perform a song. Yes. We're going to have a little yes. in-studio performance from Amanda, uh, which will be sure to delight. So what's the name of the song you're going to do for us today? Uh, the song is called Doorsteps. Doorsteps. It's one of my new compositions. When I uh, took a little break from touring, uh, because the world took a break from going anywhere, yep. I released a new song every Sunday. So wow. it was like... It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of songs. And yeah. so this is one that I was... I just, I felt like, you know, when you're writing a song and you like, you have what you want to say, but you also have the feeling that you want to convey. And like this one, I feel like the the way I feel about it in my heart is how it translates mm. in, in the music. Yeah. So I'm excited to share it with people and to be That's able great. to like play it for you guys. Yeah. I'm excited to hear it. Thank you. That's awesome. So Amanda, uh, we generally in the first part of the show, we like to learn about the person. Okay. So, so you are this Catholic singer, songwriter, author, speaker, you're, you're, you're doing a lot. You have done a lot. You've played Thank on you. some huge national stages. Um, you, you've toured the country a number of mm -hmm. times and, uh, we held a really fun house concert here at yeah. my house, uh, for a bunch of our friends and then people that became friends. Right. Um, actually there is, <laughs> there is a marriage 
now that is a marriage because of that house concert. Okay. So, I mean, that's not the first time I've heard that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Amanda, who the frick are you? Like, how did you come to be this awesome person and so talented? Well, thanks, Nick. I, I'm the eldest of seven children, and my parents are both super passionate people. Um, I think culturally I was set up for that, like... My dad's black. My mom is Italian. I remember I one time I had to take a vocal rest because like my voice was getting kind of strained. Um, I was screaming on a roller coaster. But anyway, so but because I'm a vocalist, I had to like take extra care. Uh, and so I remember the the doctor. She's like, you know, I'm gonna need to ask you to not speak with any tension in your voice. I'm like, like ever? Oh my she's gosh. like, and she's like, yeah, like if to be be a singer. And I'm like what does that mean? She said, like, don't use your mom voice, mm-hmm. right? Like, just maintain, like, calm. And I'm like, dude, you need to meet my parents. Like, both sides of my family are just, like, when we're talking, we're, like, using our hands. We're just, like, we'll yeah. just start, like, singing randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, that has been quite a challenge. But I can say that I come by my enthusiasm and, like, my charism of music and faith uh through my family like it was it's a gift of the holy spirit but it's also like a gift through (laughs) my lineage to get here um and so also i would say that being on stage for me has been like my most comfortable place Mm. and so i realized that because my dad is a performer he's a singer and has given concerts and gave concerts when i was growing up like i associated my love for my dad mm. with being on stage because Whoa. that was like his yeah domain yeah yeah and so when my dad was like calling the shots everything was gonna be That's wonderful awesome. and like i'm such a daddy's girl and so yeah. i realize now that oh like that that translated for me and so now when i'm on stage like i am completely comfortable there i'm like at home and so then i invite people who hear me to like come on in Mm -hmm. and so i think that's one of the ways that i've been able to be so prolific as a performing artist Mm -hmm. is because like of that love of my family that was handed on to me in that setting Mm mm-hmm that's beautiful and it's such a powerful testimony to like the power we have as parents Mm -hmm. to influence Positively or negatively, likely in general, it's going to be both, uh, you know, yeah. um, because no, no one's perfect. But like, you know, your story struck a chord with me because just a few days ago I was asking my son, Augustine, uh, what do you want to what do you want to do when you grow up and you're a grown up man? Mm-hmm. And he says to me, I want to be like you. Uh, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, what What do you mean, buddy? And he's like, I want to make videos and I want to make music and I just want to be a good daddy like <laughs> uh, you. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I literally can't. God, that is so I know. Awesome. It was such a blessing. Uh, and every time I think about it, I get a little emotional because mm-hmm. it's like, dude, that's literally like best case scenario. It's so good. Yeah. And so hearing that story, it's like, man, it, it's such a a true and lasting thing that as as life goes on and, and whatever like the influence that our parents have on us is is so important and we mm-hmm. have to be aware of that and um and it is cool too like your dad is not only this guy that can command a stage but he's mm-hmm. also very spiritual right like he's, right. he's a deacon yeah he's he? an ordained deacon in the catholic church and he has always 
talked about God's will like with every breath. Like everything that we're talking about mm-hmm. has to do with where is God in this? How is God calling us? And that's not just like when he's in his ministry zone. Mm-hmm. It's it's all of the time. And so that was the environment in which I grew up. And it's it's part of like how I learned to see the world. Mm-hmm. And so to like for me to have a gift of of song my parents taught me like if i was going to be singing i ought to be praying as well mm. and so those just naturally went together for me wow. it wasn't like these various pieces that then i had to try to integrate mm-hmm. um and so i had such the opposite experience uh, yeah. because i grew up with music being for music and for becoming famous and yeah. rich and like making cool stuff happen Mm -hmm. and then when i fell in love with god i had no idea how to make my whole approach to life work Mm -hmm. with that because i was on a one-way road to like i'm i'm doing music and becoming a singer to be famous and rich and right and so yeah but that's so beautiful that you grew up with it interwoven like that and Mm -hmm. that's that's awesome thank you and i i see how god has i mean blessed your life nick and like your professionalism and has been able to um, bless so many other people through those gifts that you have and so even if maybe it was a challenge or it can still be a challenge to try to like fit those pieces together mm. i see like how god has used that oh, for you. so much good and so it's just awesome to see how god like leads us and uses both our strengths and our challenges mm-hmm. for his glory when Amen we to that. back to him. Amen to that. And, and I have a feeling we'll get more into that in the conversation about the will of God and divine providence. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you grew up with, uh, you know, the stage was, was very familiar. It was uh, a common part of your life, um, which is a super unique thing. Not a lot, not a lot of people have that. Um, and, and as you know, also a part of that, you had faith very deeply in your life. So at what point in your life were you like, I'm not going to be a math teacher. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to be a musician Mm -hmm. and a performer. And you know, how did that look that progression? Because a lot Mm -hmm. of people grow up thinking like, Oh, I want to be a singer one day. And then they become a doctor or, you know, yeah. Then they decide to make money. Right. Exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I knew when I was 14 years old and that now I can look back and see that it was right at the time that I received the sacrament of confirmation. Ooh. But I didn't like, I didn't, you know, feel the oil like <laughs> on my head and then be like, I know what I need to do. I need to be a singer, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but looking back, I can see it was that summer mm. when I was 14 that I was feeling this just burning on my heart. Like I, I need to use my music to tell people about Jesus. Mm. And I it was just so certain in me. Like before that, I was writing songs and my friends were listening to my songs even when I wasn't around. Apparently, I, I would make these, I would like burn these CDs and then I'd like give them to my friends. And, and um, I guess like even when I wasn't there, they would listen. And so there was some momentum growing around like my songwriting. But... I I mean, I was interested in it as a career, but after my confirmation, I was like, this is something I have to do. Wow. And I I can't just do it, as you said, like to be famous or to make money, but like 
I need to do this so I can tell people about Jesus. Wow. And did you have any idea how that would play out? I mean, it was just like I mean, the notion that you I, wanted to serve through it. Yeah. Like I, I had, I just, for one, I figured I could only do that until I would have a family. Like if I was going to have a family, mm. I was going to be a mom and have a bunch of kids, which I hoped to do at that point. Um, then I would certainly only do music until then. And then I'd take a break and like stay home and right. raise them. And then maybe I could give talks or something after mm-hmm. that. So that was like my life yeah. plan. Um, so the fact that I'm here right now and my husband is home with our four children, <laughs> like managing my career and managing the children yeah. uh, is, is mind blowing to me. Like I, I didn't know people could do this. I didn't know I could do this. Yeah, <laughs> this. yeah. Not really sure how I am actually. So yeah, well, David, <laughs> David's amazing. I mean, I I don't understand how he can be so selfless. Like I don't. It's hard for me to like wrap my mind around that. Yeah. And so I know it's the grace of God, and it's so he's so humble and so yeah. supportive. You hit the jackpot. You um, hit the lottery with him for sure. I mean, he's. He's so handsome on top of all the stuff you just said. I mean, every time I'm with the guy, I'm like, all right, man crush, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he's he's handsome, he's humble, he's talented, he's intelligent, he's savvy with, with the business stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's awesome. And he's just got a great personality that makes you enjoy being around him. And it's super frustrating to me that you guys persist to, you know, living in uh, Arizona instead of, <laughs> instead of here. Near, near to the Awake Catholic <laughs> Studios, where I could be close to David. So oh, I think it's very selfish. That'd be you. awesome. You guys could have a show together or something. Yes, I could totally see that. All right. Well, but... consider it done. You guys are moving. <laughs> yeah, Ohio. <laughs> if he watches, when he watches this, he's gonna be like, well, yeah. "Are you serious?" I know he's gonna. Because everything I talk to him about, like any new idea, he's like, "Okay." Yeah. Like he'll consider it. You know, there's no ideas that he's like, we can't, it's not on the table. Like mm-hmm. he's so open-minded as mm-hmm. well. So we'll oh. definitely be talking about whether like I really want to move to Ohio and what that means for Well, us. now that you've said what you have said, <laughs> I will be hounding him. <laughs> no, but what you were sharing about like your, your assumptions about what would and wouldn't be possible once you start yeah. a family and stuff like that's, man, perfectly ties in to what we were talking what we're going to i mean i guess we're talking about it all throughout this episode like the pursuing god's will and stuff like it's such a stark um the way that it has played out for you Mm -hmm. is such a stark contrast from the message in the world today that kids limit you and that you can't have kids and pursue your dreams or that kids somehow hold you back mm-hmm. um just i think it was yesterday or so uh in the time that we're recording this uh, right. this might come out uh, like a week or two after we've recorded this but um uma thurman uh super talented actress uh, really great are you familiar mm-hmm. she just released a statement where she admitted for the first time publicly that uh early in her chasing a, a career as an actress yes. that she got pregnant unexpectedly um with an older man and she didn't say that it was rape at all but but she said that it was she distinguished for some reason in this release that it was an older man and anyways um she really wanted to have the baby she says that in this release okay and then her family encouraged her not to Mm. so that she could work towards her career Mm. and she says in this release that it was terribly tragic and it was sad and all this stuff yeah and somehow 
is still in the context of this story. The reason she's making this this statement is to mm. support abortion rights. Yeah. And it's like in the article, she's saying over and over again how sad it was and how challenging it was and whatever. Right. And we just have this skewed perception of like, like, listen, she clearly regrets it. She has right. three kids that she adores that are in her house now. Yeah. That's so hard. And I just applaud you for like kicking butt. I mean, you're you're an awesome mom. You have an awesome marriage and yeah. you got great kids. Yeah. Thanks. So thank you for wanna, your yes. I want to speak to that with, yeah. you know, the actress who you're talking about, because I think it can be easy to to say like I don't know to 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 write to write that off like she's sharing this painful experience and yet she's still pro choice and like what the heck and just kind of like leave it at that but as as a fellow entertainer mm-hmm. um I I I tend to be able to relate like when I see actresses I see you know like other public figures who are women like I tend to try to step into their shoes because like that's yeah. where like I'm on the side of the camera. Right, right, right. And so I believe that for just from what you described, like there's this um searching for the good, even in in that terrible circumstance that she went through, because she is trying to say it was so bad mm-hmm. and yet look at my life. I love my life. Mm -hmm. And so I see in that, like that searching for like, how can we reconcile with the fact that like having children is so difficult and people find themselves in, in, in situations that seem like, like a dead end. And Mm -hmm. like, how can we be compassionate toward people? And so even though I think that her conclusion is so sad, Mm I, I still want to res- like respect the fact I that totally she's agree. like wrestling. Yeah, and and she's doing the best it. she can, even if it's uh, a confused best, right? But that's the true for all of us to varying degrees in right. different ways. Um, to me, what's noteworthy in that story is just the incredible pressure that she received. Yes. It's like, you know, you're, the people you love and trust the most are telling you that you won't be able to succeed right. unless you do this. Like that. That to me, that's what. That's why I brought it up. Yes. Is like the lie that the world tells you that you can't be. A successful artist right. or entertainer, you know, that's it's so hard. And I, I, I do think that um, there are definitely sacrifices that that have to be made when mm-hmm. a child comes into the world. Like that's part of for sure being a mom. Like we were just talking to Colleen about yeah, that before like, the episode. No sleep, right? Yeah. Like just <laughs> like that is no small yeah. <laughs> experience to go through. Like that's torture. I remember. When our first uh, child was born, Jamal, and like he was not sleeping through the night yet, and I remember David telling me like he's torturing us. Did you know that that d- sleep deprivation is a form of torture? I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah. I can totally <laughs> picture him saying that. That's like, so awesome. This is an actual thing, <laughs> and so and so that's. I mean, that's just one one part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to deny the fact that yes, sacrifices ha- have to be made, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's in the sacrifices that we end up being blessed beyond measure being blessed beyond what we could even plan for ourselves yeah so i feel like yeah like on on some level like that message from the world like they're kind of right in the sense of like this is going to totally change your life and mess up your plans yeah like it did mess up my own plans but Mm -hmm. guess what like the plan of god was better yes 
Yeah. So I think we can find some agreement, but then like let's not stop there. Yeah, yeah. Like let's go. Like maybe your plan higher. sucked a little bit. Maybe maybe you thought your plan <laughs> yeah, was awesome, but like it actually you sucked. Your plan was great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe your plan was great, and the actual plan is even like that much better. Exactly. And yeah. so. Yeah. I totally agree. Let's 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 uh, pause on that topic yes. uh, because it it's God's will, and we're going to circle back to that. And in the meantime, sure. Let's go into the Kerygma speed round. Sounds great. Are you ready, Amanda? Uh, yes. All right. Your first speed. question is: Who is Jesus to you? Jesus is my savior. Okay. I thought we were going fast. No, 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 that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> normally, normally the guests are like, "All right, I'm ready. Let's go," and then they like have this long diatribe after. So <laughs> that's perfect. All right. Okay, next question. Question number let's two. Go. Question number two is elevator pitch for life with Jesus. <laughs> life with Jesus is going to be so heartbreaking, but guess what? Life is heartbreaking anyway, True. and so you get to go through that heartbreak with your Savior, someone who is not only going to be there for you but has gone through what you're going through and who can transform even your failings even the things that you do that are heartbreaking into something more beautiful than you can ever imagine i highly recommend love that question number three yes elevator pitch for life specifically as a catholic oh specifically as a catholic man life as a catholic is so rich in our sensual experiences of our spirituality it's like instead of having a spirituality that's emotionally driven or intellectually driven we have a spirituality that's emotional intellectual and touches on all of our physical senses as well like you go into a church like you dip your hands into the holy water and you feel mm -hmm. the you feel a reminder of your baptism you know you mark yourself with the sign of the cross and you're smelling the incense in the church and you're seeing the candles being lit and for every single season of life there are these signs that we have to celebrate what we believe this invisible faith becomes so tangible you killed it thanks that was a killer curriculum speed round all right that's it we got that's this? it man all right what's go next home. what are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's awesome hello hi do you love Jesus? Well, if you do, you might enjoy a trip to the Holy Lands. That's right, the very birthplace of Jesus Christ and where he did his ministries. I'm Nick Delatore with Awakened Catholic, and I am excited to announce the first ever Awakened Catholic pilgrimage. This is an amazing opportunity to go to the Holy Lands this year. And if you sign up before February 28th, you get a huge discount. The spiritual director for the trip is going to be Father Eric Shield from the Toledo Diocese. This is seriously a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to visit where Jesus was born, where he did the Sermon on the Mount, where he told Peter, dude, you're going to be the first pope. Like, all of these things, we're going to be there, where it happened. Multiplication of the loaves and fish, done. We're going to check it out. If you register before February 28th, 2021, then you get a huge discount. Take advantage of it. Take someone you love. This can be both spiritual and romantical. To learn more or to take advantage of that discount and sign up today, visit holylands.awakencatholic.org. I hope you'll join us. So, um, okay, so you, where did David come in in your, your story? 
Okay, so David and I, we joke that we don't remember when we met because we've always known each other. Oh. Like, as far back as I can remember, David has always been in my life. I mean, my memories of him, I think my first memory of him, I was four years old. And we were at, like, some Bible study with our parents. And he, like, ran up the stairs and, like, looked at me. And then he ran back down. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. So, uh, I, I know David's childhood better than he knows his childhood because I just have a better memory. And so it's like we 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 went through our growing up years together. Mm-hmm. Um we we didn't date until David was in college, but um we our our families are friends. His sister was my babysitter, like our parents say in choir together. So we have all of these wow. connections that have really bound up our 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 upbringing yeah. as well. Yeah. And um you actually I'm I'm pretty intimately familiar with the the love story that is David and Amanda because I read your book. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you wrote my book. Thanks. Let's man. do a little plug for your book. Pull that out. <laughs> yeah, I brought a copy of it. When God wrecks your romance. So contextually, the priest you see on the cover of this book is not David. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is uh, this is Father Matt Face, who is a priest of the Congregation of Holy Cross. And so I also grew up with Father Matt and um, actually David and Matt and I went on a Steubenville conference together when we were growing up. And so it's really awesome to be able to work in ministry with these men who have grown, who grew up with me, yeah, and like, right. who I can now encourage in their faith as well, and like we hold each other accountable, and it's really awesome when I go into like a youth group, and I see these teens who are learning their faith, but also growing in relationships, and thinking like, man, like the friendships that you're making here are going to define your life and your walk with the Lord. Cause I've seen it, I'm, I'm living it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so to be able to share that experience with others, I think helps them also to see like how monumental these relationships are when they're formed in the Lord. It's so true. It's so true. And there was such an interesting, I mean, I, I highly encourage you a uh, viewer or listener to check out Amanda's book. Um, it's, it's what I said. Thanks. Oh yeah. I like, no, it, like I, I think it's, it's a very <laughs> honest uh, window into dynamics that like don't get talked about a lot. And um you know, because there was, there was, uh, I'll, I'll say uh, for the clickbait of it, uh, you know, there was a love triangle there, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and then one of the members, two of the members of that love triangle got married and the other one became the godfather of a bunch of the kids, you know, so it's like, you don't, you don't see this every day, you know, um, but uh, yeah, just, it's such a cool story and highly recommend um, that you look into that for sure. Do you end up doing an audiobook version of that? Yes, we recorded an audiobook as yeah. well. And so that people can either order that on my website on amandavernon.com or they can just go to like spotify and stream it and so we're we we're really sharing the inside of what it looked like to discern mm-hmm. our vocations and so much of that is so joyful but again a lot of it is heartbreaking because yeah. it was like looking at our own plans mm-hmm. versus what god was calling us to which is better but there's always a sense of surrender yeah when we're laying down our own plan Mm -hmm. for what god has in mind yeah 
Absolutely. Beautiful. All right, Amanda. Uh, so I would like to uh, share with you, I don't know if you saw recently um, another, uh, there, there was another case of um, a really unfortunate like series of uh, testimonies against one of the uh, like composers for a bunch of Catholic hymns came oh, out yeah. again. That was like last year or something. No, no, another one like a couple oh, weeks no. ago, I think. I um, super heartbreaking. And then um, hand in hand with that report, it came out that uh, this man was also uh, completely opposed to anybody um, consuming the Catholic weird stuff segment of the Awakened Catholic show. And so <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you can't trust a guy like that. So, so we're going to move forward. <laughs> With the Catholic Weird Stuff segment. Hit it, Colleen. You shouldn't believe anything I say. Um, ladies and gentlemen, today on the Catholic Weird Stuff segment, we're going to be talking about the topic of chastity and what the crap is chastity, specifically in the the, the context through the eyes of the Catholic Church. Uh, and mm. we as Catholics, as Catholics. So, uh, <laughs> Do we mention this is a Catholic show? Yeah, the Awakened Catholic show. Um, all right. So, so Amanda, you, yes. you picked this topic. Why is chastity important to you? Because I really couldn't care about it. So... <laughs> Yeah, right, Nick. Okay, so <laughs> chastity is important to me because I'm a woman, mm. and I feel like in this time of sexual empowerment, the church has been giving us a blueprint for sexual empowerment. Yes, since Jesus, mm-hmm. and it's such good news for everyone but i would say in particular for women and so i feel like because um my peers like we're looking for a good word we're looking to be encouraged in our sexuality mm-hmm. in particular um to be able to be like hey yeah like i already i can tell you where there's like a place where this already happens mm-hmm. all the time <laughs> like this it's good news yeah so, so let's let's dive into the word itself because a lot of people uh, conflate uh, sure. the word chastity with um, uh, what's the maybe other like word? with celibacy I think celibacy abstinence yeah um, and they are not the same word they are not synonyms they they right. mean not the Although same thing. Although they can go together. Yes, very well. it can be chaste to be abstinent. <laughs> yeah, it can be, but it need not be. <laughs> So, or it need not be abstinence to be chased. Yeah, so where, where are you going? <laughs> All right, so like like I mentioned my friend Father Matt. So he mm-hmm. has a vow of celibacy. So he's promised that he's not going to have sex mm-hmm. and he's not going to be entering into marriage and having mm-hmm. children biologically. So that's celibacy, mm-hmm. abstinence. However, the word chastity has to do with how we live out our sexuality. So some people, yes, live out their sexuality by not entering into a sexual union. But in the case of marriage, then living out chastity means that I integrate my sexuality by being in a sexual relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. And so it's not... Which I'm sure David appreciates. I mean, I'm sure he does. <laughs> so it's not only that the sexual act itself that chastity deals with mm-hmm. but but how i live mm-hmm. as a woman yeah and so 
it really has to do with gender as well, even though they don't like use the word gender in the in the definition. But when the Catholic Church speaks about sexuality, we're also talking about what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. what it means to be a woman. Yeah, it's one of the things I find the most interesting in Catholicism in terms of like one of the many ways in which it's totally different than what the world is proposing um, in, is that like our sexuality uh, to be a man or to be a woman is not like uh, our spirits aren't just like these uh, uh, neutral, sex, sexually neutral mm. entities mm-hmm. in flesh suits that happen to have, you know, the male part or the female right. part. Um, our spirit, our soul at its very core is male or female. And that's yes. a profound thing in Catholicism that is found almost nowhere else in uh, world philosophies or religions. Right. And so um, you had pointed out uh, this this definition of chastity from the catechism. It gets a little wordy. Everybody hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just stick with us for two seconds here. This is paragraph 2,337. And you're might, you might be thinking to yourself, how many paragraphs does the catechism have? It's wordy already and you're just reading the citation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So the vocation to chastity. Chastity means the successful integration of sexuality within the person and thus the inner unity of man or woman in his or her bodily and spiritual being. Sexuality in which man's belonging to the bodily and biological world is expressed becomes personal and truly human when it is integrated into the relationship of one person to another or in the complete and lifelong mutual gift of a man and a woman. Beautiful. It really is so beautiful. It is wordy, but it is so beautiful. Um, the catechism is just gorgeous. Like it's not just some encyclopedia. I literally took this on a date one time with Alina, and we read uh, a paragraph or two out of the section about marriage, and like she literally started crying. Like it's, yeah. it's just worded so beautifully. Right Do it. Okay. It'll be good for the clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Dilatory made Amanda Vernon cry. Um, that was a weird Catholic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like for me, chastity, like so much of, of what the church um, proposes about uh, who we are as people, our mm-hmm. sexuality, was so healing for me in, in my wounds and in the wounds I had caused others. And like, um, in, in my life, the church's teachings on sexuality and chastity, the theology of the body, right. um, was, was monumental in my, uh, healing. And mm-hmm. I just think that this idea of the integration between body and spirit and like that we are, uh, it's not dualistic where we are spirit and body separate, right. spirit, good body, bad, like everything about us is inherently good, but wounded mm-hmm. and can be healed. And, um, and that has so many ramifications for our relationships. Right. Uh, number one, our relationship with ourself, Yes. our relationship with other people, our relationship with God, like mm-hmm. it's just everything. Yes. And I think one, one element of chastity as the Catholic church teaches that, which I think is so difficult in our current culture, but so beautiful is that artificial contraception is counter to our dignity Mm. as men and women. Mm. And so I feel like this is so challenging to, to talk about and to even like think about because the norm 
the norm is to use contraception. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even a question. Like, I remember I was just like sitting with my newborn baby in the hospital bed and the doctor came in. She's like, okay, so what kind of birth control are you on? It wasn't a question right. at all. Like, the are assumption you is, going to use yeah. birth control? It's like, of course you are. So which one? And, and so I have heard many people who think like that the church's teachings are ridiculous, but I have never expressed my feelings about the church's teaching, which Mm -hmm. is to say like, I believe the church is so romantic, like in her regard of sexuality and within marriage to say that every single time that a man and woman to come together, husband and wife, intimately and share their bodies with each other. There? Was there a pun there? I yeah, think there was... there's a lot of jokes, actually. I'm trying to be disciplined here, Nick. Sorry. So um... This is not your grandmother's Catholic talk show. <laughs> Unless she's a very cool grandmother. Anyway. Um, so the fact that the church says that, that is so sacred that nothing... Yeah should come between a husband and wife in that moment that they give their bodies to each other, heart, mind, and body entirely with nothing to, to even say like, I'm I'm keeping some of my fertility aside. Mm -hmm. However, so the fact that the church teaches that I think is deeply just mystical and romantic. And I've never told anybody that and had them be like, no, it's not. I don't think so. (laughs) Like, Anybody I've talked to about this is just like... It is staggering. Uh, that's really beautiful. Now, maybe it's too challenging to think about for some people. But I, 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 how can you deny mm-hmm. that, that is, that's so beautiful? You can't. It is gorgeous. It's beautiful, yeah. And, and it's, you know, part of the beauty of that is the the self gift the and part of that gift is the sacrifice of of that commitment like if we're entering into this encounter together this conjugal union like i'm committing myself to you mm-hmm. um i'm committing my future to you mm-hmm. um and and part of that future is the potential for bearing life like right. it, there it's such it becomes such a heavier interaction in a in a profound and beautiful way uh, mm-hmm. It brings so much more meaning to it. And like, I forget what I was watching with Alina the other day. I don't know if it was a movie or show. And and these people were talking about like one night stands and how, mm-hmm. you know, they sure enjoy it in the moment. But then afterwards, they feel like absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, because it's empty. You know, it's it's kind of like I, I've likened it before. And, and I don't mean any lack of sensitivity to people that struggle with this. But I've likened it to, you know, different types of eating disorders where it's like you you'll have the food you'll digest, uh, you'll at least partially digest it. And then, you know, if, if you have bulimia, for example, mm-hmm. and you bring it back out and it's mm-hmm. like your body is going through these motions of trying to eat something mm-hmm. and then you're ejecting what would have been consumed and like given to your body and nu- nutrition. And like you're interrupting this very natural and important process mm-hmm. that ultimately you don't look at someone that has bulimia and think that's a really, really healthy situation. Right. But we do that in our society mm. with sex. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think part of it is because I think part of the reason we do that and say this is the healthiest option to use contraception and to like guard our bodies but also to to guard our hearts from each other 
is because it's so challenging. Mm. Like because because as we talked about in the you know the beginning of this show, like it is so difficult to bring a child into the world or to even navigate that entire realm of life of like fertility and and or people who are have miscarriages or like people who like aren't bringing in enough money to take care of the kids they already have like that is heart-wrenchingly yeah. difficult and so i don't think we can can say like oh then you get married and then it's going to be great because right you have two parents yeah like it's no like it's and, still yeah and some incredibly marriages difficult some marriages, you know, setting aside the issue of, of the challenge of raising a kid, even mm-hmm. in the healthiest marriage, right. some marriages are dealing with a lot of dysfunction and a lot oh, of wounds. Yeah. And then you add on, on top, top of, of that. that like, yeah. how can you? So, yeah. so I, th- I believe that people are trying to be compassionate and they're trying to say like, oh, look, we found a way for this to not be so challenging. Mm-hmm. And I can, again, I can appreciate that desire to help ease people's burdens. Mm-hmm. But what the church is, is presenting to us is really an answer to that suffering. Mm-hmm. That, that again, that Christ is with us when we suffer. And he's with us when we have to work through the the effects of sin. The fact that our f- fertility is not all, does not always feel like a gift. Um, but that like God is in it and that with him, we can live out that gift mm. in a way that's going to be best for us. And that's going to allow us to really care for the best for those in our lives as well. Amen. Amen, sister. Beautiful. I love it. That's good. That's a solid Catholic weird stuff segment. <laughs> that was solid. We did it. Textbook Catholic weird stuff segment. All right. Beautiful. So we've talked about chastity. We've talked about your story a little bit. We've pointed people to your book for the rest of your story. Let's yeah. talk about God's will. God's will. Let's talk about God's providence, divine providence, divine you might say. Divine providence. Some people do say that. Yeah, we could say that. Uh, we could talk about God's sovereignty. Let's talk about his sovereignty. So, like like how he's the king. Mm, his kingship. The universe and beyond. Mm. Is there beyond the universe? Him. Okay, yeah. And heaven. So there. Yeah. Um, and how God's providence, this idea that he is present in everything and that he works out everything that happens from the events of history mm-hmm. to the intricacies of our, of our daily lives, that he is in control of yes. everything that happens. Like, that's a big belief yeah and the mystery the paradox in that is he is in control and somehow within that we also have free will see it's a paradox i don't understand that because it's a paradox i mentioned off camera to you that i'm going through a little challenge like professionally and Mm -hmm. ministerially is that a word ministerially ministerially um where i feel like there are some things happening in ministries that i'm part of that are not in my estimation, in alignment with like God's will, right? Like we're called to serve God, but we're not, it's not happening in the way that I think God is leading. Hmm. And it's so maddening because I'm like, are we here to serve God or what? Like, no, absolutely what? Not. And so <laughs> how can I, this is what I'm asking the Lord. Maybe you can, maybe, maybe you have some wisdom. About I got this you. Thing. I got this. Like, let's do it. I'm looking at the Lord saying like, okay, you have called us. And yet there are people who I'm working with who are like not being bold 
in my opinion, bold in the Lord. How is God going to work that together for <laughs> good? Like, tell me. All right. So that reminds me of the ultimate paradox in my life. Okay. Yeah. And that is my parents' divorce. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. So, uh, <clears throat> the church has provided an annulment to their marriage, which means it was never a marriage validly mm-hmm. in okay. the eyes of God and in, in the church. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that makes me a bastard, but, but there it is. We're Colleen. <laughs> she's laughing at me. Uh, w- Aside from the the issue of the annulment, you you look at you you, you know it, let's say okay the church is right annulment means there was never a marriage there okay that means you have a fifteen year long cohabitating couple who thought they were married um, and okay. civilly were and got a divorce and uh, had three kids and there were a lot of things going on behind closed doors that. Nobody knew about. We had no idea there were problems. They used to give, you know, presentations on university campuses about how divorce was a four-letter word. And then out of nowhere, hey, hey, we're using four-letter words now. We're getting a divorce. Um, And so, you know, that caught us all off guard. And we, as a family, were going to relocate to South Florida. That's right. And as a a result of the divorce, we didn't. Had we relocated to South Florida... Mm -hmm. I never would have then in high school met my now wife, Alina, my three children that we currently have and any that were are, are to come in the future would not exist. Mm-hmm. I might have kids, but they wouldn't be those kids. Right. I wouldn't have this marriage. I wouldn't have this incredible woman that I can't imagine not spending life Man, with. Man, she is. Whoa, she's I know. incredible. Yeah, and she's smoking hot. But oh, anyways. She's so beautiful. Woman, yeah. Alina. <laughs> um, but anyways, like I literally hate any notion any any imagining of a world in which i am not spending my life with her right and it's such a blessing and i came back to the lord through my relationship with her right so even my relationship with god is a byproduct of my relationship with alina okay none of that would be what it is yeah if my parents had not gotten a divorce Ah. (laughs) what is that I don't know. It hurts. Me. And it's it's like God doesn't want divorce. Jesus said no. so. He said as much. But <sighs> he worked some incredible stuff through it. And three human beings exist that are incredible. My three kids and maybe right. more in the future. Like all of that beauty and power and the lives, any lives I've been able to touch through my ministry that are a result of my own conversion, that are a result of my relationship with Alina, that is a result of the, my parents' divorce. Right. All of that, like anyone who's come to Jesus through any of the work I've done is because of my parents' divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I know. I don't know why. It's like, I know. Okay. Like, so I know there, there are a couple of verses that stand out to me when we talk about providence, like my favorite or the one that always like comes to my heart mm-hmm. is Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, mm-hmm. plans for good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I believe that. I mm-hmm. believe God has a good plan. I believe he knew that we were going to be sitting here and that it's going to be on YouTube later and somebody who's going to watch it in this moment. I, yeah. I believe that. Agreed. Okay. And then there's also um, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. All things 
work together for good. That's the part where I'm like, yeah. I don't like I believe, but I do not understand. Yeah. And sometimes in the midst of something terrible happening, like I'm sure there's somebody watching who is going through a divorce or knows somebody in their family who is going through a divorce or yeah. getting an annulment and, and looking back and saying, well, what was the last 15 yeah. or whatever years then? What What is that about? Like, why did God even elect? I shouldn't say why, <laughs> because that's a fruitless question. For what purpose? Yeah. Has God allowed this? And now you can look back and say like, oh, I can see. Yeah. Like even through broken relationships, mm-hmm. God was using it for this mm-hmm. great purpose. But I think what the Lord is really putting on my heart right now is that for me and maybe for some people who are listening as well, like I'm in the moment of the bad thing happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be able to tell right. what purpose Yep. It's for yet. Like, it's only in hindsight mm-hmm. that I'll be able to look back and say, like, oh, God allowed that. Yep. And he used it for so much good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so just claim it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's precedence. Like, we just, we know he works this way, right? So, yes. like, even looking at Judas. Come on, Judas. What the frick? Like, why would you do that? Why would you betray our Lord? I mean, why do we ever betray our Lord? But, yes. like, Judas, what the frick were you thinking? And his terrible terrible mistake or or sin led to the salvation of the human race i'm glad you said that that particular analogy because um i saw it was like a meme sometimes i learn through memes okay i saw this (laughs) meme that said judas was a bishop oh yeah i think i saw the same one yeah like a week or two ago i was just like oh because like what i'm going through right now is like in the church and was that David Calvita? Uh, maybe, maybe. Okay, I like yeah. following him. So yeah. um, to realize that, like, even our leaders, those mm-hmm. who who Jesus calls to be leaders, can make decisions that, like, Jesus Himself is saying, like, mm-hmm. it'd be. What did He say? It'd be better for like a. Oh, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly. About? I can't remember what he's. It was like a millstone being yeah, tied like, around. It, and, yeah, like if you lead one of these little ones yeah. astray, it's better for you if a millstone were tied around your neck and you were like, yeah. put in this. Also, what the hell is a millstone? I, anyway, it sounds heavy. It's, it sounds like a heavy um, thing. So it sounds like Jesus, yeah. Jesus doesn't like that. Yeah. And so even though, like, Jesus is saying, like, don't lead anyone astray, yet sometimes. There are leaders mm-hmm. who who lead us astray, and yeah. yet, like God does not leave us abandoned, and He even uses their missteps yep. to bring us His blessing. Mm-hmm. And of course, like in the case of Judas, His His redemption to mm-hmm. us. And so, I have to believe that somehow God is working through you know what I'm going through right now. For the greater redemption. Yep. Um, for me, for my family, and for those that we are called to serve as well. Amen. Yeah. And then the only other example that's worth bringing up, which is brought up all the time in the context of this question, the OG Adam. <laughs> the OG Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so you look at uh, every year yeah. at the Easter Vigil, they chant oh, the... Uh, yeah. The exalted. exalted, yeah, and and it's <laughs> some of the words in there are so. I mean, the whole exalted is gorgeous, but some of the words in it are, um, "Oh, happy fault, oh necessary sin of oh, Adam." Oh, happy fault. Yeah. Oh, necessary sin of Adam. We we need like a to gain for us. 
So great a redeemer. Yeah, my dad is a deacon, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he would rehearse that song like every day for months leading up to the Easter yeah. vigil because he would chant it. So I remember him singing that. I liked your pop R and B version. No, that's of how that. he sang it. Oh, that's how he did it. Oh, oh my gosh! Is there a recording of happy that? Happy fault. <laughs> I just want to hear like Usher sing Maybe that. There is. <laughs> it's kind of my dad. My dad's like the Catholic version of. Usher. Okay, you need to find a recording because I need to hear that. Or just you do it. You record it. Um, anyways, yeah, just that profound idea that like oh. stuff was good. It was literally paradise, but it wasn't as good as it's going to be on the last day and for eternity when we're in heaven and we are integrated into the divinity of God, the Trinitarian divinity, um, and integrated yet somehow we don't lose our individualism. And so like the the intimate communion we're going to have with God in heaven for eternity like leaves in the dust whatever paradise was before and that's why we call it oh happy fault oh necessary sin of adam because like it elevates our dignity when we are sanctified and we are divinized we become divine mm. right like it's it's wild so always like god is always working that way and it sucks in the moment and then eventually it's like okay you are god that's right yeah mm. all right <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me here so I can get taught, schooled. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I need it. It's such a it's such a real thing. It. It's such a real thing. I mean, even for dude, life, you know, is not bubbles and farts for most people. Most people are dealing with something, right? And yeah. you like our cross. Like everybody yeah. has a cross. Yeah. Like we have to to follow Jesus. Darn it. <laughs> so it, annoying. It was one of his only promises. Oh, my word for the week is irritating. That's a solid like that word. was in the it was in the Old Testament at mass this last week at yeah. the time that we're filming it and I always ask the Lord like what word do you want me to take with me <laughs> this week and this week was irritating mm. I was like great I'm it's glad, gonna be a uh, wonderful week spending time with me reminded you thank you it of is. that word yeah You're reminding me of the word of God <laughs> super duper all right I always want people to be led to the word of God through my encounters so glory. <laughs> All right. So, Amanda, tell us about the song you're going to perform. Okay. So, this song is inspired by the book of Sirach, which is one of my favorite books. Oh, yeah. That one's solid. Of the Bible. It's not in all the Bibles because some, some yeah. people took it out. But Catholics, we left those books in yes. there because we believe. The complete Bible the has Sirach in it. collection. Yes. yes. And so... So the so the book of Sirach has all of these like wise sayings. It's kind of like proverbs, right? Mm -hmm. Where you just like can soak up the wisdom. And so, basic. I'm paraphrasing. They basically say that when you find a wise person, stalk them, um, because they say like wear out their doorsteps. Mm -hmm. And so, I think that's what I'm doing to you guys, you and Alina, just like showing up here, being like, here Please I do. am again. <laughs> Tell me your words of wisdom. I know oh where gosh. you live. Um, <laughs> And so that's that's what this song is about. And there's also a little bit of Ruth in there where she says, like, where you go, I go, where you stay, I stay. Yeah, your people will be my people. Awesome. Your God will be my God. And it's just this this uh, ode to the people in my life who have given their wisdom to me mm. and then allowed me to keep showing up again and again and again and um, learning from them. So thanks for being one of those people. Nick. I am honored to be one of those people and uh, frankly surprised that I am one of those people. <laughs> think you should try to do better. <laughs> All right, Amanda, uh, so pumped uh, to have had you here today and um, excited for your performance now. Um, right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end this episode with the song. So before 
you go. I just want to say thank you to Amanda for being here, gracing us with your presence and your music and and your message and um, your awesomeness. And if you want to support the making of this show and get all kinds of exclusive perks and benefits, then visit theawakencatholicshow.com and you can join the community of saints with a lowercase s for as little as like three bucks a month. I mean, everybody's got three bucks a month. Everybody does. So check out theawakencatholicshow.com. Party with me every single day with some Bible and some Jesus. And if you're lucky, might even get some Holy Spirit in there on a daily basis for you. So join us at theawakencatholicshow.com. And also, for all of you at home, I just need you to know one thing before you go. Jesus loves you. You lead me down a good path 